1: Live. Welcome to the American Occupational Therapy Association's Older Driver Safety Awareness Week virtual chat. Thank you for listening. My name is Alan Scholl-Davis, coordinator of the American Occupational Therapy Association's Older Driver Initiative, and I will be the moderator for today's call. This chat with our content expert will cover a specific topic that has relevance for occupational therapy practitioners working with seniors. The call is recorded and posted in a repository found at the TalkShoe site. All recordings can be found at www.talkshoe.com slash tc 124114. We hope you will share the link to the chat and continue the dialogue on OT Connections. The title of today's conversation is What the Aging of America Means for My Occupational Therapy Practice, and how transportation planning can start with OT. I would like to introduce our esteemed speaker and thank her for participating in our discussion today. Dr. Ann Dickerson is a professor at East Carolina University's Department of Occupational Therapy, and she's the director of the Research for Older Driver Initiative called Roadie. Dr. Dickerson is an international leader in occupational therapy research in areas of older adults Driving and Community Mobility, Driver Simulation, Drivers with Autism Spectrum Disorder, and with both funded projects and mentoring of graduate students' research theses and projects on the topic. We are thrilled to have Ann on the phone, and we've asked her to focus today on, amongst her vast knowledge, to really focus on the data and the compelling evidence that we have about an aging of America Um, Dr. Dickerson, can you start this discussion really thinking about some of the compelling data on what Aging of America means for occupational therapy practice? Most importantly, how does this data support the importance for all seniors to really be thinking ahead and develop what we're calling a transportation plan?
0: Well, thanks for having me um, on this talk show, Alan and I'm really excited to be able to share um, my knowledge and information. Um, you know, it's interesting. We all hear about the silver tsunami and the baby boomers, but I think it's sometimes hard to imagine and visualize this because it's, you know, it's 75 million people, and it's, it's hard to really understand what impact that has on us as occupational therapists. Um, and so I would like to visual, have you visualize a graph, and this graph, Um, is from the Insurance Institute of America. But it shows the percentage of change in um, our population from 2010 to 2030. So that's only 20 years. So imagine this graph in the age groups of 15 to 19, 20 to 24, and all those age groups by five years, up to 40 to 49. The change in percentage of that population is less than 10%. So now you see the graph across all these ages up to 49, and that change is only at 10%. And then at 50, ages 50 to 59, that change actually shows a negative. So it goes below the graph, meaning that the change in that age group is actually, they're going to be decreasing over time. Now, if you look at 65 to 69 on that graph, there's a 60% change for that age group, and from 70 to 79, There's a 90% age change, percent of change, and a 70% change for 80 and above. So, if you can visualize that graph, it's basically flat, goes low in that 50s, and then goes up to 80 to 90%. That's the influence of older adults on our population. And what does that mean for occupational therapists? It means we have a lot of work to do. and that aging of America and for driving, seniors, um, those, many of those drivers are seniors. And um, they need to keep driving because they want to age in place. And I'm sure that people have heard about aging in place. And as OTs, we really want to support them in aging, aging in place. And to do that, they need to be able to drive. And so it's critical for us as occupational therapists to help our seniors develop a transport transportation plan to address the IADL of driving and community mobility.
1: You know, that is so interesting. You know, when you think of that that big group, that really a significant portion of that group are drivers. And we have to think about that. That's an important IADL for them. So tell us a bit about how the concept of a transportation plan works. I mean, OTs have been creating plans for people, discharge plans, always. Um. What's what's different about this?
0: You know, actually, it shouldn't be a whole lot different than what we're doing, but I think what we haven't done is extend that functional mobility that we deal with with our clients, and we haven't gone beyond their door. Um, we do functional mobility in the kitchen. We do it in their bedroom. Um, but we need to then talk to them. We don't want them only isolated in their house, so we need to talk to them Talk to them about their medical condition, how they need to participate in life, and how they're going to go beyond their door into their community. How are they going to go to the grocery store, to the doctor, to the um, to church, to the, the social events, to visit their friends. And that's developing a transportation plan um, and making sure that they address those risks. Um, As with all things, they have a risk of um, of falling. We have risks of other safety issues. Can they manage their medicine? Risk comes in many forms as we age, Um, risk of injury. But with driving and transportation, it's also the risk of isolation and risk of being um, with no transportation. And so it's important that we talk with our clients and make a plan um, so that we can get them be on their home, into the community, and um, doing what they need and want to do.
1: Um, can um, you talk a little bit about the physical risk? Because I do know that um, sometimes when we talk about senior older drivers or senior drivers being at risk, I think there's an implication that it's because they're dangerous or bad drivers. But instead, what is the push... Can you talk a bit about NHTSA's push of really thinking about actually they might be a good driver yet still more vulnerable to injury
0: in a crash. Right, right. It's you know when we look at the the death and a, a same there's very many graphs that show. Of course, we know that younger younger adults, those new drivers, are at the highest risks for crash death, um, and it's because of speed and um, you know inexperience and. Certainly, the, you know, there's fewer deaths from the middle age, and, then, and we know that most older drivers are actually safe drivers. They're driving slower. But after the age 75, their risk of death goes up significantly. But it's not because they're in worse crashes. They're not speeding. They're not um, doing the risky things. But because of their fragility and um, frailty, they're going to have be at higher risk to die in a crash. So, um, you know, in fact, older adults sustain injuries much more easily and are more frail, which reduces their odds at recovering from an injury. In fact, at crash speeds of 31 miles per hour, the risk of sustaining a serious injury increases dramatically. A 50-year-old woman has about a 10, 10% risk of serious injury in a frontal crash, but in an 80-year-old female, that that same crash will be 40% risk of injury. So, you know... It, it, they, uh, you know, even a, a just a thumper bumper at you know thirty five miles an hour, that older adult with that airbag with a crash may not recover. They're at such great risk, and that's what why it's so important not only um, to screen people for for driving, but also to make sure we can do all the things we can to reduce reduce their risk of crash.
1: Um, thank you for. A- for that Anne, and I think it's such an important distinction and it's, a, it's also a nice plug for the other talk show recording on CarFit because since seniors are more vulnerable to injury in a crash they really have a lot to gain from making sure they're wearing their safety belt their, that the, yes. their vehicle is adjusted for them properly so I encourage you to also listen to the talk show recording on CarFit and let's, let's t- um, switch a little bit um, to messaging And CARFIT is one of our messaging goals that really it's about helping people keep doing what they want to do and keep driving. And I think we need more of that because, you know, I hear a lot about getting seniors off the road. Seniors are dangerous drivers. And it's really, we found and we have really learned it's not a good PR plan. It's not, we're not winning friends here with seniors when we imply that they are dangerous on the road. Can you help us understand, even with the data, that that's really not the way to be looking at this? No,
0: I I mean, I don't think we want to get seniors off the road. In fact, we want them to stay on the road. We know that, you know, um, healthy people are people that are, you know, going to the doctor, going and getting their drugs and um, going to the social events that they need to. So our goal as um, occupational therapists is really to keep all of our seniors going into their community. Now, what we really want to do is make sure they do that safely. And as I just said, as I said before, most seniors are safe drivers because they have learned to compensate for that aging process. They're not driving during rush hour and they're not driving on the high speed highways. Um, But we do know that some individuals with neurological impairment, whether it be vision, physical or cognitive, um, must be evaluated for all ADLs. And it's important for then all of us to also do driving community mobility. We can't ignore that just because it's not on, you know, it's uncomfortable. Um, we really do need to make sure that we um, support the individuals when they're ready to get back on the road. Um, we as OTs do not take away our li- take away licenses, and that's an important distinction. Only state licensing agencies can really do that. And what we need to do is help make the best decision with the best data um, possible. And whether we, you know, working with the team with the physicians, we as occupational therapists, can pr- um, practitioners um, can evaluate and, and determine the potential for rehabilitation and or compensation. And we do that at the generalist level as well as the specialist level. And I, I encourage you to listen to the recording by Jenny Nordine who's a driver rehabilitation specialist, and I know she's going to be doing another talk, too, talking about the driver rehabilitation specialist and their specialized evaluation and what they can offer. But as a generalist, one of the important com- conversations we can have with our client is this idea of a transitioning. Um, what I mean is that driving sensation, dri- driving retirement, whatever we might call it, it's not just one date. We don't want to just take away somebody's um, license one time or we don't want them to be in an accident um, that becomes the day they lose their license. It really should, should be a process. And if we can start that process much earlier and so that people can prepare, it will be a much more positive um, experience.
1: Um, It's such an important point, Anne, and and just to underscore that, I think as we we often talk about, we plan for our financial future, we plan ahead, we save, we plan for our housing future to be able to um, afford and be in the housing that is convenient. We have to plan for our transportation future, and we need to get away from thinking that our only response to transportation or to driving is evaluating if a person should stop driving. Because if we wait until a person should stop driving, we've missed a huge window for rehabilitation. And I'm just underscoring your discussion on that. And so what I'd like you to talk about for just a couple minutes then is if driving is considered a lifeline, if it's so important to seniors, how can our role of introducing the concept of transitioning and transportation plan, um, in all honesty, help make this Process more, whether whether the word is positive, but at least something they that an individual feels they have some control over. Can you talk about that a bit?
0: I, I like that word control because I think that's people like choice, people like control, um, and, and and especially seniors because they feel like some things are out of their control. Sometimes the, you know their physical body as they're aging, it's just. Changing and they they do as you know, our present baby boomers really are trying very much to stay healthy and to do the things they need to do so that they have control over their life. So we as occupational therapists can start with just giving information, focusing on building awareness of options, and 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 um, we need to be comfortable so that we can uh, comfortable with the topics. So we can portray all those options. Carfit's a really good one. It's about offering control, offering options. If we can, um, you know, know more information about how we can decrease their risk, we can talk about these options and the transitioning process. You know, what what kind, what are some of the um, uh, strategies that they can say safer, safer on the road, making sure daily. um, decisions to reduce their exposure to high, um, higher-risk trips? What are some of the intersections that they can avoid that are high-risk for older adults? Um, it isn't, it isn't going to be... We want to share that it is a process, and perhaps maybe trying out some of the alternative transportation, um, carpooling with friends early on so that it doesn't become a, 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 you know, a date where it ends. Um, be in the know, I mean, um, taking a bus, a tab, cab, or Uber is a great alternative for some of our older adults. Um, lear- learning the process of using that when they, um, they don't want to maybe drive in the evening is try a new strategy. Um, if we can explore some of these options as a learning, we'll be able to have more options for, tr- for these older adults on transportation and become less car dependent.
1: I think that's those are great ideas and I think we have to be careful too to advise for for us individually as families uh, as maybe the the child of a person aging or as we work with our family units if a person chooses to take an Uber for, for one destination, or if they call a cab sometimes, it does does not mean we need to not message that, that it means they maybe should be stopping driving. We need to not make that leap. Instead, we need to be encouraging um, all seniors to be have a bigger, fatter toolkit of resources, of different options they can call or use. So on a bad day, they can call Uber. On a, on a good day, they're driving and that they feel that support and that flexibility. So in that line, um, Anne, I know there are some tools and resources out there. One thing we want to encourage the listeners of this podcast to know is that there's lots of information out there to support you. You do not need to create these concepts on your own. Um, can you give people an idea of what they might want to start exploring or looking at to give them an idea uh, of how to support their clients?
0: Oh, my gosh. There are so many things. We do not re- need to reinvent the wheel And, um, you know, the Older Driver website has an enormous amount of tools. Um, We have, through the work with NHTSA, AOTA, and, um, well, you've been, um, um, you know, predominant in that, Aylin, we have lots of toolkits on the um, Older Driver website. Um, The AAA Foundation has some tools, the um, AARP, and particularly the Hartford um, website has those um, booklets um, on the road again, as an example, just to name a few. Um, but again, I you know I think the older driver website has a link to all of those. Um, I really do think, as occupational therapists, we need to be aware of these tools so that we can use them when we work with our clients who, and especially with those clients with Parkinson's disease or dementia, and and especially when they're just diagnosed. You know, we really need to start the conversation then. And it's not about just um, pulling the license immediately, but we know that those diseases are progressive and the physician and as, us as OTs, we, talk, we can talk about the progression. And it is, again, it's that conversation. It's starting to um, bridge and give awareness and options and control. Um, for the healthy older adult, there are so many um, um, possibilities of how they can learn to keep safer. Um, you know, the new the, the technology on the new vehicles, it's an area where OTs really can become more familiar um, and, and, and offer older adults maybe a drive, go to a driving school and, and just take a refresher in some of the new highway roads, roadways like a roundabout. So there are lots of, lots of resources for practitioners.
1: Um, thank you, for Anne for that. And I think in, in the messaging of that, again, if we're g- giving some of these to, if we're working with a person who's a senior on a, in an area not related to um, their ADL risk, maybe they're in for a hand injury or they have a knee replacement, still we have an opportunity to start that conversation early, encourage people to explore their options, and not wait until it's a question of drive or no drive. I don't think um, Anna and I can underscore the importance of that enough. So for wrapping this up, we're getting close to running out of time. Um, Can you just suggest some general action steps for occupational therapy practitioners and students as they're looking at this topic?
0: Well, I have to say embrace driving and community mobility as an IADL. Absolutely everybody, needs to do this. Driving is important from young to old and we need to um, address it um, as practitioners. Ask each client as part of your interview, do you drive? Do you plan to drive? And how do you get to where you need to go? Because if they don't drive, they need a community mobility plan. This inquiry is within the scope of all occupational therapists. Then within the context, clearly define your role your scope of influence, which includes knowing your local network of providers, and the importance of contributing your part to the safe mobility of the clients you work with. Well,
1: Ann, thank, thank you enough oh. for, um, for your participation in our call today. We hope that um, Ann's discussion and information has offered some ideas and prompted some thinking for the listeners. Please look to the Older Driver Safety Awareness Week website, The tools and resources are broken out by topic for each day. You might find exploring them using that format to be a little bit easier. And then on the Older Driver Safety Awareness Week website, there's much more depth and um, breadth of resources available. Um, Thank you so much for listening to the talk show today, and we will wrap it up. Goodbye.